In with that heavenly song and rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I said rejoice. How can you not rejoice in the Lord always? And again, I said rejoice. I mean, when you consider what God has done for us, you read that passage. Take time to read it again when you get home. Just think about what God has done for us and how he's working with us and how he encourages us to things to dwell on and to meditate upon. And he's consider what he's doing for us and with us and what he promises for us in the future. How can you not rejoice in the Lord always? And again, I will say rejoice. The things to dwell on, things to meditate upon, things that God would have us to do, these are the things that we need to be mindful of in our life and to do the things that will be pleasing in this time. I want you to take a quick trip with me through passages in, in Philippians. Would you look at Philippians 1, verse 6? Being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul is confident that God who began a good work in you is able to complete it so that day he comes again. Isn't that something to rejoice in? He stays with you, he works with you, he abides with you, and all that is, is taking place. Verse 10, chapter 1. That we may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. That you approve the things that are excellent. This is what you meditate upon. This is what you're dwelling upon. You're thinking about the joy, the love that God has richly bestowed upon us, the protection that he gives to us. We're looking a little bit at that in our study on Sunday morning as we're looking in Ephesians 6 and we put it in that whole order of God. The things that we have, the things that we need to dwell, and the things that we need to meditate upon. Verse 21 of chapter 1. For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Is that how we see life? Is that how we really see life? That for us to have a physical life in which we dwell here on this earth, that is Christ living in us. And to understand that if we die, that's gain. Whether we live, whether we die, we are the Lord. That's something we rejoice in. That he works with us as we walk through this life. Verse 27, same chapter. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast, firm, in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I want to hear that we are standing together as one for the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we do that, that changes the life, it changes the relationship that we have with each other, because we're looking at each other as children of God, fellow workers in the kingdom of God, and there's cause for us to rejoice and stand firm in what it is that God has to offer for us in this life. Chapter 2, verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. We're not here for ourselves. Sometimes we forget that. Seems to get caught up in the everyday affairs of life, the problems that we encounter, things that we deal with. But we also understand that, hey, we are a family of a living God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We have a bond that ties us together. And so we have this concern for one another that we are interested in what happens to each other along the way. We need to give that attention uh, and let that attention be expressed within our life from time to time. 
Verse 14. That is a good one, is it not? Do all things without complaining or disputing. That has to do with living the Christian life. Live the Christian life without disputing. Without fussing about Ask a question about what's required of you. Oh, you have to sacrifice. Do all things without complaining or dispute. It's a joy to be in the house of the Lord. It's a joy to be able to gather together with brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a joy to be able to worship God, to praise Him for what He's done for us, what He's doing with us. Even though we may not fully see it of how He's blessed us beyond description in the life that we live here. Again, all we have to do really is just look out into the world and see what the world is going through. See the trials, the tribulations, all the problems that are taking place. Man being humanity demand us here in our communities and in our areas. How can we not learn to be content and to worship and to serve God along the way? Do all things without murmuring or complaining. Go to chapter 3 and verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Understand the depths of his love. Understand his deep concern for you as an individual. And what he's done and how he's prepared you to be able to receive that glorious news of salvation, forgiveness of sins, that hope of eternal life within in this world. It's not tedious to remind us of that. It's safe for us to be reminded from time to time. Do you know what you have in Christ Jesus? Do you know how blessed you are? Do you know what you receive and the protection that you have by being this child of God that the world does not have. How is it again that we look out into a world and see again as statistics tell us that there is a rise of suicide among teenagers? Where is the hope? They look at a world and they see no hope. And if you look at the world, there is no hope to be seen in the world, in the physical world in which we dwell. Indeed, we seem to be going from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But that's been going on since the creation of time. But there have always been those who had a love for God and a desire to do His will. And at times, those people who had a love for God and a desire to do His will need to be admonished, reminded, rebuked, exhorted, Know who you are. Know why you are who you are. And know the love that God has for you that he expects from you to be demonstrated to others. This is for your safety. This is for your good. Whereas we do that, then we're turned towards God. We work with God. And we glorify his name wherever it is that we walk upon the face of this earth. Down to verse 13 of chapter 3. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to the, those things which are ahead, 
I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I forget the things that are behind. We learn lessons from them. We got burned. We learn that. Whatever may be involved, that's not where we dwell. That's not where we live. That's not what we're thinking here. I've only did this. I could have done that. I should have done that. We forget those things that are behind. We learn those lessons. Then we press on, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. We're here. We are who we are. We are where we are right now. But we don't want to press on making those changes that are necessary, drawing closer to God, drawing closer to one another, desirous to share that good news with those with whom we come in contact. But we're pressing on towards a goal, that eternal life that we have with God, that will be given to us one day by that Savior. Far, far too even begin to grasp what that would be like, what that would be like. To hear and to see God, see Christ, Holy Spirit. To see those saints who have gone on before us, that have labored and struggled, those who suffer ill repute, wrongdoing, falsely accused, losing the physical life, all because they love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their mind. What he encourages out of us, you press on. As you're pressing on, what do you want him to do? If I want him to go to heaven, I want you to go to heaven as well. And I want you to go to heaven. We want to go to heaven. We want to encourage one another. We want to remind one another. Listen, do not let this present world detract you away from that. It's there. It's very alluring. It's very tempting. Don't, do not let it take place. Bind ourselves together in the love of Christ so that we may do his will. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Do I really believe that? Do I believe that's where my hope is? It's on the blood of Jesus Christ and his righteousness. That's what I'm building on. What I'm striving for. It's not my righteousness. It's Christ working through us. It's not your righteousness. It's Christ working through you. Do we have that hope? Is that what lifts us up when we read the newspapers? Oh, whatever. I guess they still print some of those. When you watch the news, whatever it is, however you get your news or your information, it can be discouraging. Really hard to say something good on the news. They put one on there occasionally. And it's sort of uplifting when you see it. It really depends on the ones that they show. Some of them really are reminders to us that regardless of the physical, con physical conditions in which we find ourselves, regardless of the physical handicaps in which we may find ourselves, there is always room for joy. There is always room for hope. There's always a room for spreading joy to others. And you can see it becomes infectious when you watch somebody who's enjoying what they're doing and how that spreads to others as well. And you see that physical limitation has nothing to do with it. Physical growth or understanding in the mind has nothing to do with it. Where's the attitude? Where's the heart? Is it indeed with the Lord doing the things that would be pleasing in his sight? Press on towards that goal. There's a prize, there's a reward for being faithful to God. It tells about it again, 
because of that, then indeed it can. It can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. In chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my beloved and long-poured brethren, by joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Because I have a long desire for you, I want you to stand fast and firm in the Lord. Find that which is solid. Put your anchor on that which is solid, the word of God, the promises of God. Stand fast there. And you can ride out the storms of life. And you will find out again as we do from, from child all the way up to. We find those little storms of life that come and go. The problems we may have had when we were children are not there any longer. We've got different problems. But guess what? Over time, they're not there. Excuse me, they're not there either. But we've always been able to draw strength and comfort from God and preferably from his people who are the, the body of Christ. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. See, all the way through Philippians, he is stressing joy. He's in jail. He's in jail for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's moving towards the end of his physical life. In other letters, he's going to write to Timothy. He says, Timothy, do your best to get here before winter. And when you come, bring the coat. Bring the coat with you. Jails are not friendly in the wintertime. Bring those parchments and bring the books and especially the parchments. I think the parchments are the scriptures. <coughs> Timothy, do your best to keep here before wintertime. Be the physical wintertime. Or be it the spiritual wintertime or the, or the fact that the life is right between you and me. And he desires to have that which would bring him comfort and joy. From a Christian, God's word, and the blessings that come with that. Are we willing to do that and seek that in our lives? Down to verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many of you have those little magnets on your refrigerator? I've seen folks are here and there around the place. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a comfort in there. There's a reminder to us. We're weak. We're frail. But what we do is done through Christ who gives us strength. That's what we need. It's not if I have a healthy physical body, able to move about freely. That's not it. The strength comes from Christ. And that is not who we are. And that is not where we are physically. But we understand that that strength indeed comes from Christ. Then verse 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will supply all your needs. Like the other part of it. God supplies all, not some of your needs. God supplies all of your needs 
that was according to his wish. What? Do you not rejoice in that? You have, he blessed us according to his riches. What were his riches? Everything spiritual. The world is his. He gives abundantly. Spiritually, he blesses us beyond description. There's no way to fully comprehend what it means for us to have forgiveness of sin, to have him washed away, remembered by God no more, to have that hope of eternal life with him, to be able to enter into his presence with joy and with confidence and boldness to seek his help along the way. He supplies according to his riches. And how many times do we just let that pass by? How many times do we forget how he has given to us? We're always thinking about what I do not have. We're thinking about what I wish I had, what I'm striving to have or to accomplish, whatever that is. And I forget what he is doing to me with his power as he works in the life. The changes that have taken place, the changes that are taking place as we are in the service of God. According to the riches, to the glory of Jesus. He lives. He lives in the world today. He's alive. He works through us. He works in us. He works us. He binds us together to do His will, to do the things that indeed please into His Son. Again, if you look at the life of Paul as you write into the Philippians, if anyone had a reason to be anxious, it would be Paul. But again, you do not see that within his life. No anxiety. Physical life, say that's not reminded to us. One is that we have this image of Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, the one who's staunch in what he believes, the one who stands firm in his convictions, the one who's able to do God's bidding, to share God's word. We've always, oftentimes, have elevated Paul way up there. We forget at times that Paul was simply a human being as you and I are. He had some hard lessons to learn. Wow, is that new? That an apostle, that a servant of Christ would have some hard lessons to learn along the way. But he had the right example for him. Jesus Christ. Again, stop and look at his life. Take time to read the Gospels. See what he went through as he walked on the face of this earth. Just think about the trial he went through in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 10, with the temptation of Satan. And understanding that, again, the temptation, there was a desire to do what he was being offered. Catch that? There was a desire in each of those temptations for Jesus to do what was being offered, or otherwise it was not a temptation. So there's a struggle there. And you find that after the temptations, that the angels came and ministered to him. But he was tempted in all ears as we are yet without sin. There was that temptation. 
as he endured that. Then he got to deal with those who he came because they were the children of God by flesh, if you will, the Israelites. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Quite a lot. You think about him walking on the face of this earth. You think about the last time that he came into the city of Jerusalem before he would be crucified. Same as he came up across that hill and saw the city of Jerusalem out there, and he wept over it. He wept over it. You know how I would long to have gathered you under my wings as a chick, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not ready. What? Struggle? He came to save those who would reject him. He came to save those who said they knew what who he was or what the prophets had spoken of, and yet they rejected the Messiah. They ended up betraying him. Crucifying, putting him to death. Our lot, the Son of God. No different from the Apostle. Paul is one of those. He talks about his life. And then he talks about it, he says, Now, press on now, but you have to look at what he went through the beatings, the scourging, the desolation, the loneliness, the hunger, the thirst, all that went along with him. But his hope. Always within Christ. Put his faith and his trust there. Yet those who he worked with, again, the sad commentary, and then to see those, some of those he worked, Demas for one, who was a co laborer with him, who later on, because he loved the pleasures of this world, forsook Paul, went back to the world. Wow, forsook. Others have forsaken him. And his first promise says, nobody, nobody stood with me. Save the Lord. Given that, what would you what would you want? What more would you want? That the Lord stood with you. That's the key, is it not? It's not what happens in this world around us. We work with all of that, we deal with it. But each of us has to put our trust in God. Put our faith in Him. But the Lord stands with us, even though we stand or appears that we stand alone. There's our trust and our faith in God who gave his life for us through Jesus Christ. Yet those who disagreed among one another, as you read over Ephesians 4, you know the same. Ephesians 4. Philippians 4, they have conflict among brethren. They're at odds with one another. It's a song. It's not that they got troubles with those in the world, but they have troubles with those that are in the body of Christ or something else as well. Paul had to deal with all of that, struggle through all of that. He had those who were trying to do him harm. Thinking that they did the preaching to bring harm to Paul. He went through all kinds of trials. But then as he writes Philippians, that is indeed a book that is of encouragement. He lets you know about all of that. It's all recorded for you. It's written down there for you to read and to benefit from. And that's why as we get into four, he talks about that. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. 
Let your forbearance spirit be made unto the Lord. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication which requests us to request be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. Anxiety. It destroys the spirit. Anxiety is a pull between opposite sides. I know what I need to be doing, but this is what I'd like to do. And there's a pull and there's a tearing apart. Paul says, does not need to be a part of your life. Be anxious for nothing. Yes, but. How many times do we do that? I know God is there. Yes, but. I know he watches over me. He gives me the strength that I need. Yes, but. How many times do we use that phrase? Yes, but. Anxiety enters in. This is what they may do to me. If I do this, this is what may happen. We can conjure up all kinds of things. The mind of man is, imagination is beyond description. They're thinking the things that tend to happen, the things that may happen, the things that would take place, and so on and so forth. And we forget all the way through it. Has it not been God who has been working in our lives? We may not fully see it, but we need to understand it is God who is working in our lives. Moving us where he wants us to be, through physical circumstances that take place that cause us to have to make adjustments in our lives or make a transition to another location. It's God's work. Sometimes it's help us be reminded. We are so upset in our ways that we forget. We can get comfortable here and we can forget where our home is. But we can forget where our citizenship is. And we can forget the obligations that we have as a citizen in the kingdom of God and the type of life that he desires us to live. Everything by prayer and supplication, that opportunity that is provided for us, that you have the privilege, you have the right, you have the honor to take everything before God in prayer. You approach Him, you're in no time put on hold. At no time you're told uh, the lines are closed, come back at another time. Any time. Every time. Huh? You have the full access to the throne of God. I can't have 58. You receive grace. Well, that's what I got, 58. God provides for his people. But we'll see we're going, but else we are on that Again, we like to walk by the physical. Well, that's 68. We like to walk by what we can see. Yeah, but there's the strength of no one is down there somewhere, I think. Yeah. The ability and then, to grow and to see. We have a better understanding as we look around in the world. What's her name? Rally has three with her. Has she got three with her? What it is that God is doing through his people. Well, bring us on. I forgot that. I don't think I can. Everything to well, that's it. I, I, I'm going to step back down there. Like what am I going to do in this physical world? What am I going to do in this situation? What am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if this happens? Twelve. And we forget. And I didn't count the next. God knows. Long before we have. So that's... Uh, 
We're protesting him. Yeah. That it'll work out. Physically, it may not appear to be working out. But spiritually, is it working out? Somebody else, you say it. A lot of times, the disappointments we see in the physical realm is the beauty of the nails. And the joy and the blessings that we have in the spiritual realm. I have brothers and sisters in Christ to serve. Sometimes I live in a world that they can say, well, that's whether you live or die. Well, that's not true spiritually. And we need to understand those blessings that I have spiritually that God has given to us. But Paul says that choice is yours. Do you accept it? He said, I can bless you beyond description. There is a joy that is inexpressible that you can rejoice always in the Lord. But it is for those that are in the Lord. If you're not in the Lord, that hope is not there. The blessings are not there. If you allow the anxiety to pull away or to destroy the joy that you have, you need to remove that anxiety. You need to let go and let God let God work in your life. Put your trust in Him for He cares for you. Your life is not where it needs to be this morning. If you need to make a change or adjustment in your life, if there's any way that we can assist you, any way that we can help you in making that decision to draw you closer to God and give you that home that you want to have in heaven one day, we would bid you to come as together we stand in the same.